Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church of Imperial Valley. We would love to help you plan your visit, so we encourage you to visit our website at www.cccciv.org for service times and our events calendar. Or get the app. You'll find the Christ Community Church IV mobile app in your app store for Apple or Android devices. In these first 12 verses of chapter 9, we're told that men are tormented for five months. They're tormented. All of a sudden, you have these demons that are released from the bottomless pit. And the Greek is the Greek word abuso. It's used nine times in the New Testament. But seven of those nine times are used here in the book of Revelation. And it's going to be the place where Satan is bound for a thousand years as Jesus rules in his millennial reign. But there's this compartment, it's like maximum security, where certain demons are imprisoned. Do you remember in Luke's Gospel, chapter 8, when Jesus delivers the demonic man, and the demons say to Jesus, do not send us to the abuso, do not send us to the abuso. So Jesus goes ahead, and he casts them into some swine, and they go into the lake and drown themselves. Demon-possessed pigs drowning themselves in the Sea of Galilee. And they said, don't send us to the Abuso, because in the Abuso, I believe, are the imprisoned spirits of the worst kind. That God has some sort of maximum security where they violated God's natural order, I believe, in Genesis chapter 6 in the days of Noah, because Second Peter alludes to that to these imprisoned spirits. And and they're imprisoned right now. But during the tribulation period, they're going to be loosed on mankind. And they're going to harm and they're going to torment men that do not know the Lord, that the sealed will be fined, the 144,000 that are sealed. And I believe those who come to Christ during that time will be protected from this torment. But it's going to be so bad So bad that verse 6 says, in those days men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die and death will flee from them. There's the lowest suicide rate right there in history of mankind. This is incredible, this judgment that's taking place that as they're being unleashed, these demons, that they're tormenting men and and not to the point of death. I mean, we're now facing legislation that says we need to give people assisted suicide because they could no longer bear to live any longer under those painful conditions. But this is going to be so painful during that time that men are going to want to die, all of them. And Death is going to flee them. And some believe that this is modern military arsenal because John, you got to remember, when John is given this vision, this is the first century. And so what John is seeing into the future, what he's seeing into the future, he can only use words that he knows to describe these events. It's kind of like a time traveler. You know, if you've seen one of those movies and somebody, you know, from the 1800s or 1600s is transported in time into the year 2000, 2010, and all of a sudden they're there and they see these cars driving by, they don't know what to call them. Or they see these incredible 
office complexes. They don't know what an elevator is. They just don't know how to describe it because they don't have a vocabulary to describe something that they've never seen before. And that's why I think John is using words like. I mean, look at verse 7. The shape of the locust was like horses prepared for battle. All John knew in his day was horses prepared for battle. So when he's looking at these demons that took possession of military people, probably, he's trying to describe it, that these are like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were crowns of something like gold, not gold, but something like gold, and their faces were like the faces of men. They had hair like women, women's hair, and their teeth were like lion's teeth. And they had breastplates like breastplates of iron. And the sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots with many horses running to battle. Many believe that he's seeing helicopters because they've got tails. And somehow this arsenal, this modern warfare technology has the ability with helicopters to, to shoot at men, to sting men, just like a scorpion, that the pain would be of that nature. And there's no scorpions like the scorpions in the Middle East. You can read about them. And and the scorpions in the Middle East, they sting like no other scorpion. In fact, their stings sometimes will kill children, but they're unbearable, they say. They're unbearable. It's very different than the scorpions you see out here at Superstition. And so here, he's seeing these things like, look at verse 10. They had tails like scorpions. And their stings in their tails. The power was to hit, hurt men five months. And they had a king over them. The angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, but in Greek he has the name Apollyon. Both words mean destroyer. Utter destruction is now coming upon the earth. And this tells you that as sure as God has a order of angels, archangels on down, and it's very ordered in how God dispatches angels. So does the demonic world. Satan's no dummy. And he has his own forces. He's got his own generals. He's got his own lieutenants. He's got his own commanders. And he uses them at that. This one out of the bottomless pit was probably the worst of all demons next to Satan. So there it is. Mankind is tormented. In verse 12, one woe is past. Behold, still two more woes are coming after these things. This is only one woe that's going. There's more to come. When I read this, I'm thinking, wow. Anyone who knows, has ever read the Bible and they get to this, how do they continue to reject God? How do they continue to not take this as serious? It's devastating to me that I'm talking about professing Christians would know the book of Revelation, read this, and they don't take it seriously. I don't know, they don't believe it or, or something, but they don't repent. And that leads us really to the next one. The, the physical torment now moves to physical death. That's what the sixth trumpet is in verses 13 to 19. We now move to physical death. 
and there's four angels there that God releases. These angels are probably demons because there are no good angels that are bound. And so God has prepared them for this hour, and he now unleashes them. And there's going to be a 200 million man army. And this is amazing because verse 16, John says that he heard this. Now, the number of the army of the horsemen was 200 million. I heard the number of them. Do you know in John's day that the world population wasn't even 200 million? How could there be a 200 million man army? I mean, that would be insane to somebody living in the first century because Rome was the most powerful army at the time. And Rome's forces never even reached anywhere close to even a million. And yet John says there's going to be a two million man army. And they're saying now that China has 364 million people, young men between the ages of something like 18 and 30 that are of military quality that can go out and build an army. India, same way. And so what John says there that would have sounded senseless or an exaggeration back then, you and I look at today and we know that there's a 200 million man army. And they're going to kill. Again, the description, verse 17, I saw the horses in the vision, those who sat on them in breastplates, fiery red, hyacinth, blue, and sulfur yellow. And the heads of the horses were like the heads of lions, and out of their mouths came fire, smoke, and brimstone. That sounds like army tanks. How is John going to describe an army tank from the first century? How would he describe that? And then here's the tragedy, verse 18. By these plagues, a third of mankind was killed. The fire and the smoke and the brimstone which came out of their mouths. A third of mankind. In in chapter 6, we saw half of mankind. So if you take Six billion people in chapter 6, half of mankind is wiped out. That brings it down to 3 billion people. And then if you take a third of that, that's like a billion and a half. Look how many lives are being lost. And you would think, man, people should get it by now, right? I mean, if all of this disaster is going on and you got 144,000 Jews that are preaching, you're going to have witnesses that are two witnesses that are going to be witnessing to the entire world. They're going to be killed and they're going to be raised up supernaturally. We're going to see that next time. But see, everybody on CNN, everybody's going to be watching on their iPhones. Everybody's going to be watching on their iPads. Everybody's going to be watching on Dish Network what's going on with these two witnesses. And God is giving grace. Do you see that here God is giving grace during this time where he's unleashing judgment? And the proper response to that, to knowing that God's judgment is holy, righteous judgment is coming, the the response is to get on our knees and to cry out to God for mercy. And even more tragic than verse 18 and 19 is verse 20 and 21. Listen to this. But the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands. 
that they should not worship demons and idols and gold, silver, neither see nor hear nor walk, and they did not repent of their murders or their sorcerers or their sexual immorality or their thefts. You know what I want you to see there? I want you to see in that that sin is a slippery slope. Sin is a slippery slope. That these people were so hard-hearted even after the plagues, it did not drive them to God. And people, listen to me, you think that you can play with a little bit of sin and you think that you can continue to just go down that road. I'm going to tell you your heart is going to get so hard you will not hear the voice of God. That even when his voice is being shouted loudly at a time like this, men did not repent. They did not turn to God. And you need to understand that, that any person who allows sin to take root in his or her life can find himself or herself in the same predicament, that your heart can be so hard that you will fail to repent. Somebody said that the same sun that melts wax is the same sun that hardens clay. And at this time in history where God is saving people, there's those who are going to become harder and harder and harder, not softer and softer and softer. Satan and his demonic forces are going to go do everything to destroy you. They are going to try and get you to worship every idol possible. They're going to try and turn your heart from God and, and get you to worship the things here, idols here in this world whether it is golden statues of Buddha in Thailand that I've seen, or whether it's the voodoo dolls in Haiti that I've seen, or whether it is the sex, or the drugs, or the sports, or the money here in America. They are after you. Do you see the ferocious battle that's going on? And here's what I want to close with. The trumpets should inspire us to action, not speculation. The trumpets should inspire us to action, not speculation. So many people try and figure out, well, what's the gold crowns on their head? What are the teeth like lions? What, are, what is the hair like women? What is the, the breastplate like? What are these things? And they get so caught up in the details, and they get so caught up in speculation in the book of Revelation. Who's the Antichrist? And they lose what the purpose of, of this book was. It was to comfort those who were suffering in this world and to move them to action for God, to persevere, to endure, to make it to the end. So we look at the book of Revelation. This is what it brings us to as a congregation. It should inspire us. I could care less who the Antichrist is. I won't be here. <laughs> People have said it was Ronald Reagan. Others said it was Gorbachev. Others said Hitler. And, and they see this just as a fortune-telling book when the book of Revelation was delivered to you and me. And so what kind of action should the church take? Number one, we should warn 
the world. We should warn the world. You know, the trumpets were used in the Bible to warn people of impending judgment. They would sound those trumpets if an army was marching on them and their lives were threatened and their lives were at stake, that they would get on the walls as the watchmen. They would blow the trumpets and they would sound to the population. They would trumpet to the uh, population. Pumpulation. There's two words together. You ought to get my dictionary. I've got some good ones. So I'm into conserving words. You may be into conserving water. I'm into conserving words. And so here you've got this trumpets in the Bible that sound an alarm of warning to people. And you and I are God's trumpets. You and I know what Revelation says. You and I know what the judgments of God are in the Bible of somebody who dies without Christ. He's made us. We're supposed to call people to repentance. Do you realize that the Old Testament, the primary message was repentance when the people drifted off? That by the time you get to the New Testament, John the Baptist, his primary message was repentance. When Jesus came out, he started preaching repentance for the kingdom of God is at hand. And the apostle Paul, that's what he preached. He preached repentance first and foremost. In Acts chapter 17, verse 30, Paul's on Mars Hill says, Truly these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. And in Acts 20, verse 31, he says this, Therefore watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. Man, we should be warning people with tears knowing what a person's eternal destiny is without Christ. God will exercise judgment on the false gods of this world. Everything that people worship outside of God will be destroyed. All of the false gods of this world will be no more. Nothing. People will not have anything to worship. You're going to see Babylon fall in Revelation 18, and everything that they put their stock in in this world is going to be no more. It's going to be no more. You know that. You know that. That God is going to exercise that judgment on all the false gods of this world. But God will also extend grace to the lost sinners of this world. God will also extend grace to the lost sinners of this world. There's going to be a great multitude of people that will get saved during the tribulation period, but what about now? There's people that you work with eight hours a day that needs God's grace. And they need God's grace. There's going to be people that you're going to spend Christmas with that need God's grace. And God is extending grace to lost sinners of this world. Look at yourself. Look at your own life. That grace was extended to you. And we're to be an extension of that grace. That's the good news to me. That's the good news to me. The second thing I want to say is that we need to engage in battle. When the church is called to action, yeah, we're to warn the world, but we're also to engage in battle. And I'm not talking about a 
radical Muslim jihad. I don't want you to ever think that the church was called to war like that. The crusaders in the past did a lot of damage to the name of Christ. That's not how we do battle. We do battle in the spiritual realm. We need to engage spiritually. We must pray passionately. We must pray passionately. Turn to chapter 8 again with me. Look how this opens. I want you to see how important prayer is concerning what's going on here in the book of Revelation as he unleashes these trumpet judgments. Look at verse 2. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar, and he was given much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. That The prayers of the saints, those aren't holy removed people that the Catholic Church declares as saints. Saints are everyone who is a believer in Jesus Christ. If you've come to Christ, check it out. You're a saint. I know you're probably thinking, well, can you talk to my wife after church and tell her that? And no, you talk to your wife and listen to me. The prayers of the saints, this is so crucial to what's going on. John Bunyan said, prayer is a shield to the soul, a sacrifice to God, and a scourge to Satan. We need to pray as Jesus told us to pray. He said, when you pray, pray, our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Are we praying for God's kingdom to come? Are we praying for his kingdom to come? We are to pray that way. And yes, in Revelation, we're going to see where his kingdom reaches a peak when Jesus puts his feet on planet earth once again and rules and reigns for a thousand years. We're going to see that happen. But God's kingdom is coming now. When you pray for God's kingdom, his kingdom is breaking into households. His kingdom, if you prayed for Thailand and what's going on there in Thailand, I can give you a firsthand report that God's kingdom is breaking into Thailand. If you prayed for our mission in Haiti, the orphanage mission in Haiti, I can tell you today, honestly, that God's kingdom is breaking in. People are coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to pray that God's kingdom, and I want you to see this, God will answer our prayers. God will answer our prayers. Do you see that in verse 3 and 4? When these trumpet judgments are released, that the prayers of the saints have something to do with that? That God will always answer our prayers. Sometimes it doesn't seem like our prayers to God are being answered. It seems like Man, Lord, nothing's happening. But the response that you see in chapter 8 when the trumpet judgments are being released, that is a response of the prayers of the saints. In chapter 6, how long, O Lord? How long, O Lord? In fact, the psalmist dealt with this. Listen to Psalm chapter 94. This is a good prayer. Verses 1 to 7. O Lord, the God who avenges, O God who avenges, shine forth, rise up, O judge of the earth. Pay back to the proud what they deserve. How long will the wicked, O Lord, how long will the wicked be jubilant? They pour out arrogant words. All the evildoers are full of boasting. They crush your people, O Lord. They oppress your inheritance. 
They slay the widow and the alien. They murder the fatherless. They say the Lord does not see. The God of Jacob pays no heed. Well, I got news for you. In Revelation, we're seeing God answer that prayer. You don't think Jews were praying during the Holocaust? You don't think today that Christians aren't praying in the Middle East that are being butchered? And how long, O oh Lord? They're saying our God is powerless. They're saying, where is the God? I'm telling you, these prayers are so important in the book of Revelation because this is God's response. And what God is doing, listen to me, what God is doing, he's withholding because he's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. Christ Community Church has campuses in El Centro, Calexico, and Brawley, with services in English and in Spanish. Your kids are going to love our kids' church. Plus, we have a lively youth ministry and young adults group. You're welcome to call the church office at 760-337-9400 with your questions. Or leave us a message on the Christ Community Church IV mobile app, the cccivy.org website, or direct message us on social media. We are really looking forward to meeting you. So again, the website is www.cccivy.org or call 760-337-9400 so we can plan your visit.